Hi everyone, this is your host Ramakrishna from Usha Investment Group LLC. Welcome back to Multifamily AP360, the show where we discuss 360 degrees views on mindset, passive and active multifamily investing. For those who are looking for tips, strategies, best and challenging experiences. Also, I request you to share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Today's our guest is Camila Jeffs from Steady Stream Investments. Welcome, Camila. Thanks, Rama. It's so nice to be here. Sure. Thank you very much. Could you share a little bit about yourself, Camila? Yeah, you bet. You bet. So I've been a longtime real estate investor, been investing in real estate for almost 18 years, uh, started quite young and uh, really enjoyed the journey and, and, and done a lot of different strategies and, and different types. And But now just focusing, focusing mostly on large multifamily, um, really love the commercial real estate space um, and doing that. And then on the personal side, I'm a mother of five children and they are all amazing, mostly teenagers now. And we have a very busy, full and happy life. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for uh, sharing that. So uh, share me like a little bit more about how you get into real estate and multifamily space. What is the reason behind it? Yeah. So I got into real estate uh, actually out of necessity. And I know that sounds funny probably to the listeners, but uh, my husband and I were married and we got married young and we were both still in college trying to complete our bachelor's degrees. And uh, when you're young like that, married, both going to college, I mean, you have no money. Right. And, and we were we were in that situation and we were living in a garage apartment. So somebody had converted an, an external garage into an apartment and just because it was the cheapest thing we could find. And it was definitely cheap for a reason because it was gross. <laughs> Uh, but our our landlady, um, she'd come around every month to collect rent. And I knew she owned several rentals in the city. And I just talked to her one day and just said, hey, you know, tell me how you're doing what you're doing and, and how is this working out? Well, she and I had a good conversation and she suggested to me that I should buy a house. And I thought, no, listen, lady, we don't have any money, right? That's why we're living in your gross garage apartment because we don't have the money to buy a house. And then also she was a realtor. So I thought maybe she had ulterior motives or something. She just want to make money off of us. But she said, no, 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 listen, listen, you buy a house that has an apartment in the basement and then you rent that out and then you'll be living in that house for very little. And I was like, huh, you can do that? She said, oh yeah, you can do that. And that's exactly what we did. So we we scraped up enough money to put a tiny down payment in because, you know, if you buy a house um, and you're moving in, there's all sorts, there were all sorts of first-time homeowner programs when we bought. And so we got in for very little money and you get the best financing, right? So you're in really low interest rates and, and your payment's fairly low. And so, and we found a house and it was a six bedroom home it was this huge house, even had a pool in the backyard. And we got into it and uh, rented out that basement. And we only had to pay like $150 a month to live there. And it was like several hundred dollars cheaper than the, the nasty garage apartment. Um, and that's how we got into real estate really was, was because we couldn't afford anything else. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. 
Uh, and also share me like how you get into multifamily space. Yeah. So after we did that, that um, we got into that house and it's called house hacking. Now um, we started out and we did a bunch of other, we tried a bunch of other strategies. So that's when we got the real estate bug and we're like, okay, yeah, this is re- going to be really good for our family, a way for us to build wealth. Um, and so we started out and we tried a whole bunch of different strategies and did a lot of single family stuff. And then we did, you know, kind of a small multifamily and after about 15 years and five children, you know, that we had during that time, um, I got burnt out and I was just, I just, I kind of hit that burnt out landlord place. And I know that a lot of people can identify with that where you've been doing it for so long and we were DIYers, right? So we were the ones that were answering the phone calls fixing the toilets, mowing the lawns, all the things. And it was just too much. And then, so I, I, I told my husband, we can't, I can't keep going like this anymore. Um, and so we were trying to figure out what's a better way to still invest in real estate, because we didn't want to just throw all of our hard work away and put it in the stock market because we didn't really trust the stock market. And we knew real estate was the right way to build wealth. So then I started, you know, looking around and I always had on my vision board to buy an apartment complex that, you know, someday we'll own an apartment complex. And, um, and, and then I started looking at apartment complexes and I was like, oh boy, they are millions of dollars. And I'd never bought anything over a million dollars before. And I took a look at my bank account and yep, sure enough, not a million dollars in the bank account. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, what do I do? How do, how do you even buy an apartment complex? Well, come to realize most apartments are not bought by individuals. They're actually bought by groups of people. So a group of people comes together and they buy it. Some people are the ones who know what they're doing and and can do all the negotiations and find it and sign on the loan. Some people are the ones who manage it afterwards. Some people are ones that just simply invest their money and then they don't have to do any of the landlord work. And that's what I was really intrigued by was the passive investing part of it. And And I was thinking, really? You can just put your money into an investment and someone else is going to run it and you're still a part owner in this, in the real estate and you get all the tax benefits because we'd been enjoying some really amazing tax benefits for a long time. I didn't want to give that up. And yeah, come to find out it was true. You could just invest your money as a passive investor and not have to do any of the work and still get all the benefits of cash flow, tax, tax write-offs and appreciation that we were used to and we loved. Um, and I'm like, okay, yep, here we go. Take my money. Well, it wasn't that easy. It was actually pretty anxiety inducing for me because I had been used to control, right? So I, you, as a passive investor, you give up control. Now you can see that as a bad thing where like, well, wait a minute. Well, what if something goes wrong Then I can't fix it? Okay. Or you can see it as a positive thing and say, sweet, I don't have to make any of the decisions. I can just sit back and let my money grow and for me while someone else makes all those decisions. Um, and so that's really how I got into multifamily investing. Yeah. Thank you. So, so I think you might have invested multiple, uh, multiple deals as a passive investors. So would you share uh, your best and challenging experiences as a passive investor? 
Yeah. So I think as a passive investor, one of the things that's really important to me is communication. Um, So one of my most challenging passive investments was one where the team did not communicate and, and what, and, and I didn't know what was going on. So they had had previous said, previously said that distributions would happen at a certain time. So I was expecting, you know, in Q1, they said Q1, right? Well, as a passive investor, what does Q1 mean? You know, it could be January or February or March, you know, Q1. Well, I'm not sure. So because then they didn't clarify. And then also I was, um, you know, so January comes and goes and I didn't hear anything. I'm like, well, okay, maybe it'll be February. February comes and goes, nothing. So finally it's mid-March and I'm like, what's going on? And so I start, you know, reaching out to the active investors myself saying, hey, what's happening with this investment? What, you know, I haven't heard anything. You said distributions are coming Q1. Well, it's almost the end of Q1. So when are they actually coming? And nothing. And they wouldn't, didn't respond. I sent several emails and didn't respond. And then finally, I got a mass email from them that was sent out to all investors saying, oh, so sorry, uh, we won't be able to do distributions this quarter like we initially thought we would. So maybe we'll be able to do it next quarter. And there really was no explanation, right? And so it was very frustrating for me as a passive investor because now I'm I'm having anxiety and I'm panicking a little bit like, okay, do these guys know what they're doing? Are they running this project well? Like what is even happening? Because I was so in the dark. So that was probably my biggest challenge um, as an investor. It all worked out in the end because the, you know, the property did well, it, they sold it in the end, but just that lack of communication made me really apprehensive. And to be honest, I never invested with them again um, because I, I need, I just need to know what's going on and I need to know that I can reach out and they'll respond to me. And so that taught me something really important, a really important lesson as I transitioned from being only passive to being passive and active, that when I'm an active investor, I've got to put passive investors first and I've got to make sure that they are fully informed, that I'm responding to them if they have questions and that they really get that level of service that they deserve because it's not a small amount of money that they're putting into your projects. Um, So that was that um, that's what I was. That was the biggest challenge and the lesson I learned from that. And then you asked about, you know, kind of what was the best one? Well, the best one was one that um, I invested in and it had it within about 18 months, they had a cash out refinance, which is so exciting as a passive investor because you get back your capital and this, and for this one, it was just a portion. It was like 50% of my capital. So I'd invested 50,000 into this deal. Well, I got back 25,000 of it at only 18 months into the deal. And now that 25,000, I have redeployed into another project as you know, another passive investment. And so those $25,000 are working for me in two places. And that was super exciting and, and really cool to see as a, as a passive investor. Awesome. 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 So, w- would you also share any best practices as a passive investor 
or what quite kind of due diligence you would do like before investing in any deal? Yeah. So there's three things that you need to do to before you invest in a deal. So number one is you need to feel comfortable with the team who's running the deal. Because remember, we talked about you're not going to have control over the deal, right? As a you come in as what's called a limited partner. And as a limited partner means you have limited say in what's happening, right? So the team is going to decide how many units are going to be renovated. The team is going to decide how much to increase the rent. They're going to decide when the roof should be replaced. They're going to decide all the expenses and all the things that they could do. So the team that you invest with is the number one most important um, thing you need to vet, right? So the due diligence you need to do. So here's a couple of things you can do to vet a team. Um, number one, you need to understand their track record. So have they done this before? Have they been around the block a bunch of times or is this their first rodeo? Um, you know, is, what's going on with, with them and what have they done in the past to prove that they can handle challenges that arise? Because don't don't go into an investment thinking, oh, it's going to be all roses and flowers because it's never is right. There's always challenges in any business that gets run. There's things that get thrown into the works, you know. COVID, for example, right? Like things that you just never can predict. So there's lots of things you can predict and there's and then there's a set of things that you just simply can't. And you just have to be able to be be strong enough and, and know enough about, about managing a real estate investment that you can handle the challenges that come your way. So you need to figure out their track record. Number two, communication. So like we talked about before, communication is so, so, so important. So ask Ask all the questions, right? Ask all the questions of this team. And if they get tired of you and get bugged that you're answering questions, then you need to turn around and go to a different team that will not be annoyed with you for asking questions. Um, because it's really important as a passive investor that you feel that you, you understand what you're what you're getting into, right? And and how it's going and and what all the things are that are going to happen in the investment. And then the third thing you can do is you can run a background check on them all, right? You can you can definitely run background checks and and uh, look them up and just check and just to make sure that there's no nothing in their past that would make you uncomfortable if you invested in in a deal. Yeah. So after you after you validate the team, then you want to validate the market. And this is where, you know, if you're a research junkie like me, you love this and you can go into all sorts of deep dives into the market, right? So say you're investing in Atlanta, for example really great market. Well, what's happening in Atlanta right now? So you can go and check all the economics. So what kind of, what businesses are coming in? I just heard that Nike is opening a new tech center in Atlanta. So that's a big name that's coming in. So that's going to create how many more jobs? And, and so those are the things that you want to kind of look at and see are people moving there? What's the population growth like? What's the job growth like? Is this an investor friendly state? You know, or is it a renter friendly state? where, you know, sometimes when it's investor friendly, then that means that you'll be able to um, make decisions and, and pivot and um, as, a, as a business owner. But if it's renter friendly, you're going to have lots of restrictions and you're going to have to deal with controls. And so, you know, you want to look for that, the, the right market that has all of those positive things. 
And then finally, the last one is the deal itself. So what's going on with the deal? And there's a, there's like a hundred different factors in a deal. And I know as a, the first time I was a passive investor, it was pretty overwhelming when I was looking at all the information, because although I'd been a real estate investor in single family for a very long time, um, it was different. It was different investing in commercial. They, they use different metrics. They run it different. It, it wasn't a, you know, you know, it's like a full legit business that you're investing into. And so there is a steep learning curve. So one of the things I say is look at the business plan. So what is happening? What what is their plan to make money on this on this investment? Um, sometimes the plan is to we're going to go in and renovate all the units and raise the rent, and we think we can raise it two hundred dollars, for example. Okay, so if that's their business plan, now you got to go and look and say, well. Have other people been able to achieve that in the, around the surrounding them, right? So you go look at comparables and are there comparable properties that have gone in and renovated and they're getting $200 more or the, you know, the rent that we think they think they can get. Um, or maybe the business plan is, well, we're going to reduce all the expenses. Okay. Well, are the expenses high and where are you, what are you going to reduce? So just asking more detailed questions about that business plan to really, um, get comfortable with whether or not they can achieve what they say they're going to achieve because really the, the projected, um, IRR or the projected equity multiple that, that all just goes to pot if the business plan is not executed. And so the business plan is probably more important than actually the numbers that they are purporting. Yeah. So many, you know, golden nuggets, I can say a lot of great points. Thank you very much for sharing that. And uh, share me something, uh, what you're focusing right now. So right now I'm focusing on um, educating passive investors. So that's kind of my superpower is education. Uh, so I I'm, I got so excited when I first found passive investing. And I was like, man, every burnt out landlord needs to hear this. And they need to know that there's a better way to invest. You know, like if you've hit your, hit your burnout point, then keep investing in real estate and just funnel your money into these large investments. Because really, why do we invest in real estate? Is it just to get a whole bunch of money and become multimillionaires? No, I'm investing in real estate because I want time. I want my time freedom. And if you can um, achieve some kind of financial freedom, that equals time freedom. And so that's what I'm after. And that's what I'm really trying to educate passive investors on. And so I spend a lot of time educating passive investors and helping them and just holding their hand, walking them through the process, all the different numbers, what they need to know, how to vet, you know, markets and people and deals. And, um, and then I go out and I will partner with very strong operators. So I'll go out there and do some vetting for them as well and bring some, bring great deals for them to take a peek at and see if they want to invest. Um, and so that's what I'm working on right now. Great. Yeah. Thank you very much. So any one advice that have impact on you, Camila? So this is this was kind of an interesting advice. So someone called me out one time and they said, Camilla, you're being selfish. And I was like, wait, what? Why do you, what do you say I'm being selfish? I'm a very giving and loving, self-sacrificing person. And 
And uh, they, this was before I had launched my business, City Stream Investments. And they said, Camilla, you're being selfish, not telling people and not communicating about this amazing thing that you're doing, right? Like you can't keep stuff like that to yourself because that's when we get into the problem of, you know, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. It's because of lack of education. And so they called me out and said, you've got to, you need to kind of basically get over yourself and, you know, Stop being so introverted that you can't even share information online and with other people so that other people can have the chance to invest just like you do. And, and I, and I thought about that for a long time and, and really that's what keeps me going every day because honestly, I'd rather just hide in my house sometimes, but it keeps me going every day to really um, help other people to, to, you know, utilize this incredible investing technique. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. So any personal habits that are helping you to be successful? Yes. So reading is a, is a great habit of mine. Um, I love to read and I like to get involved with book clubs um, where we you know read a book together and we discuss it. Um, but reading is, is definitely something that helps me. And I try to read every day and to expand my knowledge. Um, and, and that's one that's, that's really important to me. Awesome. So any books that impacted your life and what way? So I'll tell you the, um, the book I read as a teenager, and it's not even like a fancy business book that anybody would know, but it was called, um, the subtitle to it was Finding Comfort Outside Your Comfort Zone. And that book has resonated with me and lived with me forever since I read that as a, as a teenager, um, because I think that's what I do is I try to live just barely outside of my comfort zone. Um, and, and then my comfort zone just continually expands and, and it's pretty amazing to look back, you know, even, even two years ago at where I was, um, two years ago versus where I am today, just by simply living just barely outside my comfort zone. I can't go too far out because then I get like stressed and anxious and life is not fun. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if you live just barely outside and you just try every day to do one simple, one new thing, um, you're going to be amazed at the progress you'll make in, in a short amount of time. Awesome. And how are you giving back to community? Yeah. So I volunteer with my church a, a lot. I actually lead the youth group for my church. And every Wednesday night, I lead the activities. And and on Sundays, I also um, lead the you know lessons that we do. Um, I also, I, I'm, a, I'm a musician. And so I, I donate my time to um, different causes. And I, I'll, you know, I play the piano and I sing. And I like to do that. And then I like to take my family. And, and we like to do all sorts of different, we, we try out different um, ways to give back. So just a couple of weeks ago, we were um, out distributing food to those who needed it. And, and uh, it was a pretty fun thing to do. It was super early on Saturday morning. We got, we got all the teenagers up at 6.30 a.m. and got out there so we could deliver this food before it got too hot during the day. But there's, there's lots of opportunities to give um, and you just, have to, you just have to go do it. Awesome. So how can listeners can connect with you? 
Uh, the best way to connect with me is to, um, I have on my website, steadystreaminvestments.com. Uh, I have a free course. It's called Passive Investing Made Easy. So it's a, it's a video course that's great for anybody who's looking to invest passively, who needs to understand the process and just write down to, uh, just the basics, right? I'm very good at simplifying complex topics. I'm going to walk you through from A to Z. So you, you can grab that there and then you'll be in my system and, and you'll have my email address and my contact information, or please contact, connect with me on, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, and, uh, and I put out a lot of education on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Uh, thank you, Camila. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Multifamily AP360. Check out the show notes and grab the freebie on our website, ushacapital.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Follow me on my social media. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.